again from the Reptile Apartment Living Room. I'm your host, John F. Taylor, in this emergency broadcast from the Reptile Living Room. Um, in case you guys haven't heard, there's an amphibian ban that's about to occur on Thursday, December 16th. Uh, we have till 11.59 to comment on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife's notice of inquiry. Uh, we'll talk to Andrew White about that today. Um, talk to Arsenal and Marsha McGinnis and uh, Mark Romanski from Moonstone Dragons and Marsha's from Golden Gate Geckos. They're really encouraging you folks to get out there, make a change, get on USR, get on PJAC, do something besides sit around in the forums and talk about we should really do something, quit screwing around. We're going to lose our rights as pet owners if you folks don't start acting up and taking the right action by letting your senators, congressmen, Somebody in the politician world know that we're not going to stand for this. So, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to uh, first Marsha McGinnis from Golden Gate Geckos. And then uh, immediately we're going to follow that with uh, Mark Romanski from uh, Moonstone Dragons. And once again, folks, you've got to get out there and make that change. It's not going to happen on its own. And thinking it's not going to affect you is a lie. They're going to take away your rights to own any pets. Listen to the folks who know, uh, which is Mark Romanski, Marsha McGinnis, uh, Andrew Wire from U.S. Arc. So once again, folks, hope you guys get this message out there to all the other folks and fans that are into reptiles. Even if you're not into reptiles, even if you just own a pet at all, this is going to affect you eventually. It's not going to stop with reptiles. Thank you. We're on the phone with the mogul, also known as uh, Marsha McGinnis um, from Golden Gate Geckos. And Marsha, just wanted to ask you, you know, What's your thoughts on this whole amphibian ban that's going to go uh, go to the courts, I guess, on Thursday? Well, I think that there's, you know, there's concern about a lot of our uh, native amphibian species, um, especially a lot of the salamanders and uh, uh, some frogs that we're looking at um, possible extinction okay. on. So, I mean, that is a concern for everybody to not right. lose our valuable resources uh, in, in wildlife in our country. However, I just think that there's a rabid, um, uh, you know, effort to try to squell anything that's, um, you know, reptile or amphibian related, um, you know, in, in, uh, in, our, in our personal lives. And I think that those are rights that we have. Um, and I think that we can manage our rights to have, to keep in uh, the animals that we, we love. But also we have to be you know, concerned about conservation as well. I think there's a happy medium. It doesn't have to be, you all know, or all or nothing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I think that saw... one of the biggest things is just to, is to be up and up on, on, you know, first of all, our personal rights are being infringed upon, but second of all, we, we need to make it clear that we we truly understand, um, you know, um, you know that we're, we could be facing, you know, losing some, some animals that are, that are valuable. Right, right, and I think Mark Romanski put it best uh, when we were talking with him um, a couple of days ago. He said, you know, now right now it's, you know, it's pyth- uh, pythons, next week it'll be poodles. You know, it's like there's just no stopping. And Well, there is, and it's like, come on, let's get real here and let's focus on, let's focus on the, the animals that are endangering our, our, uh, our uh, ecosystem and right. also, on the flip side, the ones that are in danger. Right. of extinction or uh, in our ecosystem. And let's focus on those and not just lump everything into one big trash bin, so to speak. Right. And, and uh, it, yeah, that's not right. That's just not right. Those are our rights, and I think that if the reptile community can, 
you know, band together and, and, and be passionate about our, our willingness to, you know, conserve. Right. As well as, you know, be responsible Mm-hmm. And show that responsibility through education, and you know, uh, you know, in the community that that we can do that. But you're right. I mean, if it's pythons, then it's going to wind up being, you know, parakeets or anything that's not native to our country. Right, and I guess that's the way that the actual bill is being written. Exactly. Is you know they're just like you said, lumping everything together, where it's not just specifically you know exotics. They're talking about literally all amphibians and the other thing too is i just read a post um on uh dr brian fry's uh facebook page Mm -hmm. about that the citric fungus is now going away well and there you go okay so now the defenders of wildlife it's like are they even aware of what you know it makes me really question where they're coming up with this and why this is all of a sudden coming about if you know the scientists are reporting that the citric fungus is going away. Right. Why are you all of a sudden, you know, trying to ban keeping amphibians? So well, little... because they don't want to learn, and they don't want to be educated, and they don't want to, you know, take take a practical and uh, approach to things. Um, you know, um, there's no real scientific basis on a lot of these bans that are being proposed, mm-hmm. and they're turning a blind eye on scientific evidence that proves that, you know, that there are specific, you know, specific problems that we have in our ecosystem. Um, and instead of, you know, trying to collectively come up with ways to, to solve those problems, um, mm-hmm. they, they just, I don't think they want to take the time and effort to educate themselves. Yeah, because I was speaking, uh, when I spoke with Andrew Wyatt today from the U.S. ARC uh, mm-hmm. Association, he was actually talking about where uh, the U.S. ARC actually questioned the USGS on their findings about these pythons spreading throughout the colder states. Right. And he said, you know, they didn't actually, I guess the investigation was done improperly, or I'm not sure exactly how he worded it, but basically they tried to throw that out, and Mm -hmm. U.S. ARC went and appealed it, and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe you guys have a point. And it's like, seriously? You guys are insane. You're not even following your own regimen of science. No, they aren't. They aren't. And it's, um, I mean, we have to separate political issues uh, from, um, you know, from, from real, right. you know, genuine issues. And everything seems to have a political motive behind it as far as a lot of this, a lot of these bills that are coming up. Right. And um, I just, I don't, I don't even think that most people are even aware uh, of these bills that are coming up and how it could impact it. And, and like, like, was, like you stated earlier, was, like was stated earlier, where does it stop? Right. Um, if you take a look at most of the animals we have here in this country, very not very many of them are native. Yeah, I mean... Horses are not native. I mean, um, you know, look at the, the feral pigs that are out creating, you know, havoc. Those came right. from, you know, those were brought over from Europe when the country was settled. And, um, you know, they're creating, you know, re- wreaking havoc on, on, uh, on our uh, landscape and, and resources as well. Right, you know, and Bob Applegate, um, I don't know if uh, you had a chance to listen to his interview that I did with him. He had, I think, one of the best solutions in the world I've ever heard. He said, basically, Florida should capitalize on the non-native species. They should open it up and say, look, from this time of year to this time of year, you should come to Florida and bag a snake uh, or whatever type of exotic species you want because they're all over the place. And charge well, people money for it. 
Well, it, there there could be. I don't know about an all-out, you know, rattlesnake roundup. Oh and, no, definitely know, not that. And that kind of stuff. But right. but I mean, there, let's let's be pragmatic about this for right. Pete's sake. This is just not. Um, look, um, I have dogs, and I have to license them, and they're microchipped. Right. Okay. What's wrong with obtaining a? I mean, I I I, I can see a happy medium where we can obtain permits to keep our animals microchip them mm-hmm. or, or 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 somehow keep track of them and yeah i don't know about bounty hunting as far as some people seem to think that you know um you know that that you know that it's just going to be you know open season on on certain animals but i agree let's let's get together and get out there and clean it up let's right. let's get them now what we do with them after that that's another story um right. but uh but yeah it, it's 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 crazy. It's just crazy. And now, do you have any idea where this came about? I mean, why um, these bands have come about at all? I mean, because the Lacey Act seemed like it's been going on for a while. Well, the Lacey then... Act, I, I must say, is a little obsolete, and it does need to be looked at. And certain things that are uh, involved, that are, are part of the restrictions on the Lacey Act, are no longer a problem. And some that are a problem could be added. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is obsolete. It's an obsolete law, and I do my best, and most breeders I know that are responsible do their best to conform uh, with those guidelines, um, mm-hmm. just to show that we are responsible and, and, and care. Right. But but on the flip side, um, um, I have some you know I have some pretty you know pretty strong opinions, uh-huh. um, and I think that uh, PETA and things that are all all things that are PETA or PETA esque. Are a real problem. Yeah. Uh, and so we have we have you know organizations like PETA mm-hmm. that are out there you know something uh, and of course they don't think anybody should <laughs> even even have an animal captive. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of the stuff that I've heard about. Uh, yeah. A lot of these different organizations are. Yes. You know, there's a lot of them that are PETA esque. I call them PETA esque. Yeah. And, uh, and you know the the thing is that uh, so what what do they propose that we everybody all of a sudden either give up all of our our pets uh, or turn them loose? Right. Um, and, and the thing I've heard about is like uh, I don't remember what state it was in, but anyway, um, the this rescue center had taken in a bunch of reptiles because the person whoever had them had passed away, or I don't know how it all went down. But basically, they took in all these reptiles and then turned around and destroyed them because they couldn't take care of them because they didn't know any better. They didn't know how to take care of these animals. They didn't know how, and they didn't want to. Right. They they they, they weren't even um, for some reason reptiles and amphibians. Even though we we appreciate them in the wild, um, you know, people it's ignorance. It's just uh, the lack of of effort on people's part to become educated enough to to find solutions for things instead of just you know erasing it. it, it it's it just can't be. It is. It is amazing. So yeah, I, I think that not only do we have to band together as a uh, in the reptile community to to fight fight for the rights that we that we have, but also on the flip side, we really do need to show that we are concerned, and that you know that 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 we we want to you know come up with a solution. Right. I mean, sitting around and and you know complaining. Uh, isn't helping anything. Right. It, it, you know, let's let's take all of that, re- all of our you know collective resources, educate people, and come up with solutions, and not just complaints, and complaints, and complaints. Right. You know, and that's the thing is a lot of people um, 
Jason White and I were talking today uh, via uh, Facebook, and we were talking about, you know, when I first heard about the ball, uh, uh, the Python ban, right. my understanding was, that, okay, they're just, they just want to stop, you know, importing new animals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, why is everybody getting so upset about this? I'm not really understanding, you know, if right. they want to stop importing animals, what's the big deal? We've got 10 million of them anyway. But then when mm-hmm. I actually read into it, I was like, well, wait a minute. They're telling me now that if I'm a breeder in, you know, I'm not sure what states are covered, but basically that if I'm a breeder in one state, I can't sell it to somebody else in another state. Yeah, it, it, it cannot like, cross well, the state lines, right. <laughs> it's like, hold on, this is way deeper than I thought it was. Absolutely. And then I got up in arms about it because, you know, and it, it doesn't even literally affect our state, but at the same time, it's like, how long would it be before it did? Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> and, and, and things like this set precedent for other states. Exactly. Because... Because it, 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 what it does is it lets everybody off. It lets our legislators off of the hook to, yeah. you know, to, you know, to, to um, actually investigate and find out what the the pros and cons of of these types of bills that are coming up, and how, how it would not only impact the economy of the country. And I think that there's a lot of emphasis put on the economic part of it. But I think each of us as individuals need to take a look at how these things are impacting our our personal rights as Americans. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's definitely, you know, it's not even, you know, about the animals anymore. No, it's no. It's your actual, you know, they're infringing on your rights, you know, constitutional and otherwise. Right. To, you know... Correct, yeah. Pursue your own freedoms, you know. And it's well, just... and yes, and then and then we look at our, our representatives, legislators, congresspeople, and stuff like that. Um, very few of them are motivated by anything other than being reelected. Right. Um, and and so if, if, if a problem, a perceived problem is posed as, you know, a legislator is going to, you know, solve this problem, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's... that's that's political. That's that has nothing to do with uh, with with reality and and really taking a look at uh, you know it's it's uh, we don't need to be micromanaged, but we right. also don't need to to be so macromanaged that it's you know like I said earlier it's either all or nothing. We have to right. take things on a case by case basis, and and I don't see why there should be huge opposition um, when when people can can. Uh, put their thinking caps on, and, and let's start proposing solutions. And the solution is not banning every single animal right. that may or may not, you know, uh, have a potential for, you know, some kind of a, a uh, you know, a, a um, environmental issue. Right. Um, I mean, if to do that, we'd have to look at, you know, the wild horses in, in Utah and what they're doing and, and um you know the 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 feral pigs that are out there. Uh, right. I mean, and that's just a tiny, tiny piece of it. So if it's if they're going to look at it as an all or nothing, or take it so literally, right? Uh, then then each and every one of us is going to be impacted by that, whether we're whether we're um, herp herp keepers or not. Right. Right. Man, this is so amazing. Well, people need to you know. Start writing letters. Right. Start calling. And that's the thing is the U.S. ARC makes it so easy to, you know, go on their website, go to the specific bill or, or you know, what have you, and it has a link right there, you know, that takes you directly to, you know, here, write this, you know, 
write this to your congressperson. It even gives, yeah, they even give you an example of a letter exactly. that you can copy and paste and, and maybe change a few words here and there to right. make it personal. But, yeah, it's not like it's, it's no big effort. Um, no. But, but we need to, our voices need to be heard, and, and we can't just sit around and wait for everybody else to take care of this, because before you know it, the rug's going to get pulled out, out from under us. Exactly. And, and everybody's going to scratch their head and go, whoa, yeah. how did that happen? You know, and a lot of people <laughs> want to talk about it, you know, in forums and what have you, and it's like, you guys, you know, stop talking. Do something. Well, talking about it is okay as far if 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 we're reaching out beyond our little our little bubble uh, right, exactly. to, to educate people True. and to bring the, to bring these uh, issues to light in the general population. Right, but what I'm seeing more of is a lot of people are talking amongst themselves, you know, with fellow herpers about you know, sure. gosh, we should really do something. Well, yeah, we should really yeah. do something. That's what I hear. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's all you know, go to U.S. Arc, you know, go you know, write a letter actually do something instead of talking about it, like you said. Well, it's, 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 it just comes down to the old cliche, you, if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Right, right. Um, do something, and if you've already done it, do it again. Do it again, right. I'm sure that a lot of my, my um, you know, representatives and Congress people and stuff um, probably have Golden Gate geckos <laughs> on, their, on their spam filter. <laughs> Because they're so sick of hearing from me, but right. you know, it's it's the squeaky wheel gets oiled first. Oh yeah, very definitely. Yeah, you make so, enough noise, and they'll exactly. We need to make some noise, but we need to do it in a in a in a <coughs> very in a professional. Manner. Yes, and 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 a very uh, and make a concerted effort to to say, you know what, we're not we're not denying that there are problems. Right. Um. But Let us let's focus on those problems. It. And by going through these issues to, to solve these problems, mm -hmm. then we're going to learn more and more about any future problems that, that come up. Right. And we're going to make some mistakes along the way, and maybe, but, it, but at least it's doing something. Right. So exactly. that's kind of how I feel about it, but um, I feel pretty strongly. Um, I, don't, I don't want people to have to, you know, give up the, the animals they love, and, and I can understand in some ways you know, um, having better controls on the importation of sure. wild-caught animals. Sure. That I can understand. Right. But, you know, because that will help uh, the economy in a sense that, mm -hmm. you know, it will, it will allow the people who responsibly breed these animals to, you know, to keep their businesses, and it will also trickle down to, um, you know, each individual's rights to keep and, and, and care for the animals that they love. Right, so, right, exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with you there. Well, uh, Marcia, I'm going to go ahead and let you go because I know you got a busy day ahead of you. And you do, too. And I do. Um, <laughs> I've still got a well, I want to let you know how much that I personally appreciate um, people like yourself who are, um, you know, making, making a, a real effort to, you know, to, to put the news out there Oh, thank um, you. And raise consciousness, and I think that this is really important. And U.S. Arc and uh, and PJAC, but especially U.S. Arc has, has yeah. been, you know. Uh, and if you can't write letters, support PJAC uh, and, and U.S. Arc especially. Yeah, that's the thing. As I was telling the listeners earlier uh, with my interview with, with, that I did with Andrew Wyatt, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't cost you anything. No. To go on. Um, to U.S. Arc and sign up for their newsletter and get these alerts when they happen. When they happen, exactly. You know, and it doesn't cost you a dime. And, and you know you, what? If you've got an extra 10 bucks, Exactly. 
these people are, are, are working, a lot of them out of their own pockets, but mostly on, on the generosity of the community yeah. to help them. They, these, this is our, they may not be perfect in every way, but they are the best lobby uh, organization that we have uh, to support us. Yeah, so they're, they're we our need voice to support of Washington, them. so we need to support them. I mean, Absolutely. You know, throw 10 bucks their way, buy a t-shirt, you know. You got it. Because <laughs> it's got all it. being used for a good cause. So. It is. It is. So, so. all right, John. All well, right. It's always a pre- it. pleasure talking to you. I appreciate you that you're, you know, you're you're making an effort, and um, I want people to know that there, there are a lot of us out there, out here that that are trying to do everything we can as well. And Very it's definitely. and it's uh, it's about it's about joining together and not, you know, um, and 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 not, you know, creating a rift. It's right. uh, you know, there's a ha- there is a happy medium, and we will find it, but we can't do it by ourselves. We we need everybody's support everybody supporting everybody working together on the same you team. got it exactly all right okay boys, john you enjoy pleasure talking day. to you all righty bye bye all right folks so there you have it that was marshall mcginnis talking about the uh, amphibian band as it were and give you some of her knowledge and her background as far as what she thinks is happening. And, uh, again, how you all can act on this. It's all up to you. Now we're going to turn it over to Mark Romanski, and he gives us a little bit of history on the Lacey Act. Did you think he'd so, talking to me this uh, much over the past Get your ears open, listen up. <laughs> you know, Once again, I really folks, didn't. can't say it enough but, times. Uh, uh, as Mark Romanski says, uh, today it's pythons, the, uh, tomorrow it's poodles. With, uh, Take a listen. Thanks. Moonstone Dragons, because he... Uh, had a Facebook post yesterday that was quite alarming about some new amphibian ban. Um, so yesterday we were um, both back and forth on our phones and on um, different social networks, Mark, with trying to get some information on this. So if you can, take us from the very beginning of you know the whole Lacey Act and where all this started, basically. Okay. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the Lacey Act, the Lacey Act was actually signed into law by President William McKinley on May 25, 1900. And the point of the act was to protect native wildlife from being poached. It then, over the years, has been amended to include injurious wildlife, which are basically species that are not native to this country, but are brought in. Okay. And um, there have been several amendments over the years, but the basic point of the Lacey Act, which it is unable to fulfill in my opinion, is to protect our country from having species added to the environment that can damage either property or poses hazards to native wildlife. Okay, makes sense. Now, um, so originally it was brought in to protect our own wildlife. What's it currently being used for? Because I know you said that it's been amended several times. Um, it's been amended. I think the point of it now is more of preventing, again, invasive species mm-hmm. from being established in this country. Okay. The problem with the Act so far, though, basically is that animals are not listed on the Lacey Act until after they've already become a problem. Right. And that Let, 
that's you take some of the, the examples of Lacey Act that are always brought up. And for those of you who didn't have a chance to watch the Python ban hearings when they were actually broadcast on the Internet live, I suggest you try and Google it, see if you can get back in there. I don't have the information handy, unfortunately. This kind of came up quick. Yeah. But you can actually watch the hearings and listen to the testimony. And one of the items that were brought up during the Python ban discussing invasive species was a plant called kudzu. And for those of you who don't know what kudzu is, it is a vine that basically, if you see pictures of southeast United States, you'll see trees, and the trees are completely coated in a net caused by a vine overgrowing it. And kudzu produces millions and millions of dollars a year in damages because it's, it's so invasive and takes over everything it touches that the government spends a great deal of money trying to eliminate it. And this is one of the species that's being pointed out as being a problem when we talk about things like the python ban and now we're going to talk about the amphibian ban. What most people don't realize is this, I believe it's six billion dollars a year that, that, yeah, that damage is caused by kudzu. Kudzu was actually a federally funded deliberate introduction of this species. This plant was brought from Japan and was planted in the southeast United States as a biological solution to land erosion. So this isn't, you know, somebody releasing their pets. This was a federally funded government introduction. Right, the federal government decided we're going to bring this in to do this. Correct. And and now we basically screwed ourselves. And it did it. It did it really, really well. But in the process, it's choking (laughs) off trees and taking over. And it was introduced, I believe, and don't quote me, in South Carolina. But I have seen kudzu growing in Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, kudzu is everywhere. But it's not the same as, you know, you having a pet frog or a pet bird. Right. Um, If you look at, there's lots and lots of animals that have been on this list over the years. And the thing is, again, these animals are always put on the Lacey Act after they've already been established. Right now, the python ban is still... You know, brewing in the distance, although it's kind of been backburnered, it's still out there. Yeah, it's still something people something people need to realize about legislation. Good legislation passes immediately. Bad legislation keeps coming back over and over again. Right. Right. First it came out as the Python ban. Now they're talking about maybe the Python ban being added on to a different, you know, bill altogether. Right, right. Uh, so it will keep rearing its head until it stops. Mm-hmm. And that means somebody has to stop championing the cause. Exactly. If we look at the pythons, adding them to the Lacey Act, the pythons already are in the Florida Everglades. We know that. No one is disputing the fact that they're in the Everglades. Right. They're already established. Nothing you do will ever eliminate that species from the Everglades. Right. So by adding it to the Lacey Act now, all you will do, you, what you won't do, is eliminate the pythons in the Everglades. What you will do is make it illegal for somebody in Nome, Alaska, to have a python as a pet. Right. Where the Lacey Act doesn't solve the problem. Right. And that's no the problem good. with the Lacey Act. And the thing with the Lacey Act is, once an animal is on the Lacey Act, you will never get it off. Wow. It'll be on there forever. Nothing has ever been removed from the Lacey Act. During the um, python ban hearing, and I, I, I didn't have a chance to look it up again, and I apologize. No worries. One of the members of the actual committee asked Fish and Wildlife a, a straightforward question. How many animals that have been placed on the Lacey Act injurious species list 
have been eradicated in the United States? And without hesitation or without thought, the answer was none. Really? None of these animals have been eliminated. None of these plants or aquatic species have been eliminated. Right now, there is a big battle in Florida, and I believe the term I've heard, the amount I've heard is $60 million a year is spent in Florida to try and eliminate a plant called the Brazilian pepper. It is a plant that is coming up all over Florida, and it has a tendency to push other native plant species out mm-hmm. when it takes over an area. Five years ago, I believe, you could have purchased Brazilian peppers as a landscaping plant at Home Depot. Yeah, uh, we have them here in San Diego, actually. <laughs> yeah, you do. Wow. Because, it, you know, these are the kind of things we're confusing dangerous wildlife that is a problem that will happen down the road with something that has already blown up in our faces, right. and now we want to add it to the Lacey Act. If we take the amphibians, and the issue with the amphibians is amphibians carry a disease, uh, fungus called chytrid. Right. And the chytrid fungus comes from... The, the theory that I've heard, and it has not been proven, and I'm not saying this is fact. Yeah, I've heard, a lot of different, I've heard a lot of different theories, so feel free. <laughs> is that the African spurred frog right. that comes, you know, has introduced it, and when people release their pets in the wild, the African spurred frog, which does carry the chytrid fungus, but mm-hmm. has immunity to it because it's a naturally occurring fungus in their environment, right. introduced it to our environment, and now it is having a drastic effect on the native frogs. Right. That has not been proven. No, not by that, any means. That's what they are looking for the, the amphibian ban to eliminate. The problem is the amphibians we have as pets and the amphibians in the pet trade are already here in this country. Right. Chytrid fungus is in this country. It has been in, introduced to our environment, and no bill or no regulation or no elimination of the species is going to change the fact Right. That this fungus is already here and present. It's already taking its toll on our wildlife. And I think the only real analogy to kind of sum up in, in simple terms is putting amphibians on the Lacey Act for chytrid would be the equivalent of buying car insurance for your car the day after you totaled the car. Exactly. Yeah, because it's already here. You know, putting it on some bill in Congress or whatever... A piece of paper is not going to make it go away. Correct. Putting amphibians on the Lacey Act will, you know, it won't eliminate the chytrid fungus. It won't do anything about the animals that are already here. What it will do is make a five-year-old girl in Cincinnati who has a Pac-Man frog as a pet a criminal. A felon. That's what it will do. Yeah, it'll make her a felon. Correct. (laughs) Which is just unbelievable that you could be a felon for owning a pet. Yes. And remember, back, we're talking now... May 25th, 1900, William McKinley. People right. didn't have pets in 1900. Right. The, the idea of having a fish tank, having a pet snake, having, you know, other than a dog or a cat, people didn't have hamsters as pets back then. Right. And even then, it's usually for, you know, pretty much a specific function, you know. Correct. <laughs> dog was a they were, they dog were a working or, animal. Right. Exactly. So we're using this legislation <sighs> to try and police things that have already gotten out of hand. Right. And it's not, the the Lacey Act is not the answer to this problem. No, not at all. And the interesting thing is, I don't know if you caught it today, um, I caught it like last night at like midnight, Uh, Dr. Brian Greek Fry uh, from VenomDoc.com actually posted something in regards to saying that the uh, now science is showing 
that this chytrid fungus is going away on its own. Yes. And that Everything was, runs it, in cycle. Yeah. And it's like, so, you know, these people that are trying to get this act to go through, it's like, okay, so it's already going away, so you want to put it a, a ban on frogs and toads and salamanders and newts and everything else that's an amphibian. You know, it's like you're a day late and a dollar short. Correct. And they're still, you know... Now, what is your, in your opinion, because I know what I've told people earlier in the day already, um, and I know you agree with it, is there any other way besides going through the U.S. ARC and writing the letters and hammering emails and, you know, all this stuff, what else can people do to get involved? With what people need to do to get involved is to listen and look. I've been accused for years, I have been talking about these things, and I think H.R. 669 a piece of legislation that pretty much would have ended pet ownership in a single generation. Right. By adding all non-native species except dog, cats, and goldfish to the Lacey Act. So you can't basically buy, sell, trade, transfer ownership, or transport across state lines. If you had a pet under that, that bill, I have a cockatoo. I can keep the cockatoo that I have. But if my cockatoo should die, I can't buy another one. If I was forced to relocate, maybe I have to go back to New York and take care of my elderly parents. Maybe I get a job promotion or a transfer to a different state. I can't take the bird with me. I can't give it to you because that's transfer of ownership. I can't sell it because that's transfer of ownership. ownership. I can't give it to a rescue or rehoming program because that's transfer of ownership. Unbelievable. My choice is to euthanize the animal or release it. Wow. That would have been my only two options. And what is the point of this legislation? Not to introduce non-native species into the environment. That is, and uh, you know, people, I have been accused of being a conspiracy theorist for years. And I assure you, the listeners, I am not sitting here with aluminum foil on my head. <laughs> no, I've seen you, I've seen you in con- person. You don't yeah. wear aluminum foil hats and have antennas yeah. or anything like that. This is not a conspiracy. No. This is happening on the news. Yeah. This is happening in the newspaper. This right. is happening on the floor of our representation our representation buildings. Oh, you know, it's happening in your state capitals. It's happening in your nas- in, in Washington, D.C. This is not in, this is in plain sight. Yeah. This is not a conspiracy. It's no. happening. And the thing was, you know, when um, when I first heard about the Python ban, you know, I was one of those guilty parties that was like, you know, oh, you know, okay, so they just don't want to import more animals. You know, not a big deal. You know, and then I was like, well, I'm actually going to read into this because, you know, I am involved in the hobby somewhat. I started reading into it, and just like you said, it was going about, you know, non-transfer of ownership, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm like, whoa, hold the phone. Okay, you know? let me read you what the Lacey Act does. Yeah. And I'm reading this off of a summary of the Lacey Act. Prohibitions and activities. The Act makes it illegal to import, export, transport, sell, receive, acquire, or purchase fish, wildlife, or plants taken, possessed, transported, or sold in violation of federal law, treaty, regulation, or Indian tribal law. It is also illegal for a person to import, export, transport, sell, receive, acquire, or purchase in interstate or foreign commerce, fish or wildlife taken, possessed, transported, or sold in violation of state law, state regulation, or foreign law. Plants taken, possessed, transported, or sold in violation of state law or regulation. 
The act also makes it illegal to possess within special maritime or territorial jurisdictions of U.S. fish or wildlife taken, possessed, transported, or sold in violation of state law, state regulation, foreign law, or Indian tribal law. Plants taken, possessed, transported, or sold in violation of state law or regulation. So, like Andrew said this morning, he had a great interview. I suggest anyone listening to this listen to Andrew's portion of this. Right, right. Basically, if the federal law says you can't have a python, your state law may say it's okay. Usually, states follow suit. States follow suit, exactly. The other thing is the sponsors of these bills, usually, you know, animal rights groups, or in this case, the Nature Nature Conservancy or Defenders of Wildlife, Mm These groups have a tendency to get a law passed, say, in New Jersey. At one time, actually, in Pennsylvania, they wanted to ban the Nande Conyers as a pet, just like their ferrets are banned in California or Quakers mm-hmm. banned in California. They wanted to ban a bird as being injurious to locally, in the local environment that has been in the pet trade for 50 years. Oh, People have had Nandes and, and parrots being very long-lived birds you're talking about living in a state of Pennsylvania where if they make it illegal for you to have your pet mandate, your choice is to surrender the bird, probably for euthanasia, or move out of Pennsylvania. Wow. That was your choice. And we fought and we beat the mandate Conyers ban because, like they were discussing today with the flawed information, they were comparing the habits of a tropical parrot to the habits of the Quaker, which can live in temperate climates and have post problems on things like power lines and, you know, certain settings, they do become a nuisance. They were comparing the behavior of a tropical parrot to a temperate parrot, the Quaker. And the fact is, and Mandate Conyers are nothing like Quakers. And what would happen is, if we didn't beat the ban in Pennsylvania, what happens is they will now go to New Jersey and say, you know what, Pennsylvania just banned the Mandate Conyers. We think you should do it too. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Mandate Conyers are the same size as some Conyers. You should probably ban those as well. Oh, yeah. That's just... how this works, and that's why we have my rally cry. What is it, John? <laughs> Today it's pythons, and tomorrow it's poodles. <laughs> and I know people are listening to this and saying, you know what? And I, in fact, I was in a reptile store today, and I said to the person in the store, you, you, just, you, you're on top of the amphibian ban, right? And the answer the person gave me is, I don't sell amphibians. I said, it's not about selling amphibians. And if you don't believe me, ask people who own pit bulls. Yeah. They're in the same boat. And, you know, people say, well, and that's the whole point of this. This is kind of, in my opinion, dividing conquer. Let's go after big snake owners, because the average American's not going to care if you can't own a 13-foot python. Right. But it's going to snowball. This snowball has already been thrown off the top of a very high mountain, and it's rolling, it's gaining speed, and it's getting bigger. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, you know, today, first it's pythons. Then it's now we're looking at amphibians. Well, you know what? Next it'll be turtles. Right. Next it'll be something else that'll keep going down the list because you can find a reason not to have anything. Oh, yeah. And pe- the people who don't want to get involved in this, look at it this way. If you have amphibians, this concerns you. Yeah. If you have pets in general, because this you don't know, you. when they're done going after amphibians, we have nothing better to do. Let's go after something else. Yeah. If you have pets, this concerns you. Right. It, you, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world, the United States, the land of the free and the home of the brave, mm-hmm. but you may not be able to own a, 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 a frog. 
if you wake up every day wondering, you know, why is it every day we lose another right or a freedom, this concerns you. Right. Exactly. You know, if you think our government wastes too much time on and money on nonsense, yeah. this concerns yes. you. Yeah. This concerns everybody. It's bigger than whether or not you could have a pet frog. Right. And people don't see it that way. But even my friends who thought I'm a crackpot for the past few years are starting to say as I send out more and more things on my Facebook. And especially now it's great, and I, I hate to use the word great, but it's great because people are opening their eyes. We had HR 669, we had the Python ban, and now we have an amphibian ban all within the course of about a year and a half. Yeah, I was going to say about a year and a half, all this stuff came down. So now Mark's not crazy anymore. <laughs> now maybe Mark's onto something. Unbelievable. And Pitbull people are fighting their battles. And you know what? Pitbulls are really bad. Let's throw Wattweilers on this bill, too. Oh, yeah, and then it'll be shepherds and, you know, yeah. Yes. You know. Any big dog. The, the species of dog, as far as I know, the breed of dog that fights more people in the United States every year than any other breed is the Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, why are we going after Pitbulls? Because the media perceives them. We see dog fighting. We see this kind of stuff. Right. The media is putting out all the bad stuff. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a wildlife biologist one time, and he told me, you know, if you ever want to save a piece of land, find something on there that's cute and fuzzy, and tell people it's going to die. He said, you'll yeah. get it. <laughs> He's like, guaranteed every time. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, no. People don't give a crap about reptiles and amphibians and, you know, you know. But if it's cute and it's fuzzy, or either, you know, either cute or fuzzy or both, you're guaranteed to win. You yeah. Know? And I was like, that's just unbelievable. Yep. But it's totally true. You know, the media portrays the pit bulls as, you know, this mean, aggressive, nasty dog. And, you know... They are the greatest species. They're the greatest breed around. Yeah. Yeah. They're good with children. They're defenders. They're the most wonderful dogs in the world. And the worst part about pit bulls is the reason they're used for dog fighting is they are so willing to please their owner. Right. They will even go into the ring and injure and deal with the pain and all that goes along with being a fighting dog because they think it pleases their owner and it makes it ten times worse, in my opinion. Oh, the yeah. fact that you're taking advantage of such a wonderful species. Oh, yeah, totally. By putting them in that position and they're doing it to make you happy. Right. No, I totally... But that's not what the American public sees in here. They right. see that tipples are attack dogs and that they're bad dogs. Yep, exactly. Jeez. The dogs are being blamed for the behavior of the owners. Right, exactly. So, um, back to the uh, chytrid fungus and the amphibian ban. This is going through on Thursday, so the listeners can uh, still act uh, on this by going to the U.S. ARC website. Um, you can see it on Mark Romansky's um, Facebook page, our Facebook page, reptileapartment.com. And as far as I know, we've got till 11.59 p.m. Uh, Thursday, December 16th. That is when the public... The, the public commentary ends. Okay. And then from there, I think um, um, Andrew was a better person to ask as far as the time frame and how these things work. It could right. go away for months. It could be back in two weeks. It could right. never come up again. Yeah. You, and you really need to watch it. And that's what, if nothing else, anyone listening to this tonight, open your eyes, open your ears, and watch and listen. Yeah. Because when HR 669 came up, and it would have ended pet ownership in a single generation. If it wasn't for the Internet, no one would have known about it. Right, right. And I saw you know? something um, when I was talking to Andrew today. I think he was talking about, you know, they were going to do this 
uh, during the lame duck session when Congress is basically on vacation, I guess. Yes, they they like to sneak things in right, right. before the vacation. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous, you know, because you know, Congress is humans, you know, they're they know that they're going to go on vacation in a couple of days. They're like, yeah, whatever, that sounds great, you know. They're not really listening, I don't think. So, and here's another little fact for listeners that may not be aware of. Uh-oh. <laughs> Legislation is not written by legislators. Ah. It's written by special interest groups. Right. If this bill is introduced and, and released at 5 o'clock on Wednesday for a Thursday morning vote, and it's, you know, a thousand pages, which is not out of the question, mm-hmm. how many of those legislators voting are going to have a chance to read it between the time it was released and the time it's voted on? Right. The Patriot Act came out at midnight, the night before it was voted on. Nobody read it. Nope. Nobody read it. Exactly. And if somebody hands you a thousand-page document and they say, what's this about? Well, this is going to save American frogs. Why would you not vote for it? Right. The thing is, it's not going to save American frogs. It's going to make a five-year-old girl with a Pac-Man frog in Cincinnati a criminal. A fennel. That's a what felon. it's going to do. Exactly. A felon, yes. Ugh. And there's other sites you can go to as well. I mean, oh, okay. U.S. ARC is a phenomenal site. U.S. ARC, the United States Association of Reptile Keepers, is out there in the trenches and listening and watching. Right. And they're bringing things to our attention. They are a phenomenal group. If you can't or don't want to join them, at least give them some support financially or at least take your five minutes and fill out these pre-done forms and go through, which is all listed there. Most of the government, you know, if you're going to send something to the government, it's done through sort of a form letter format on a computer. Right. It doesn't take that long. Send a letter. There is PJAC, the Pet um, Industry Joint so Advisory in- Council, right. org. another organization that is out there actually fighting for your right to have animals. Right. Um, there's also PetPAC, net. That is another group that watches the legal aspects of bills and things to protect our right to own pets. And they're all fantastic organizations. Awesome. Very good. Well, Mark, I'm going to let you go, sir. I'm going to uh, see if I can't get this uh, show posted tonight to uh, follow up with our interview that we did with Andrew White this morning. Please do. And hopefully, you know, people will really wake up and just open their eyes. And, you know, and like uh, Mark said, folks, he gave you three separate websites to go to. Even just going to the U.S. ARC website, it's, it doesn't cost you a thing to, you know, click on the link, fill out the form, and send it off to your representatives. You and know, something and else you'll find if you go to the U.S. ARC site, when there is a hearing, like the Python ban or the Sensitive, when they do have a hearing on it, these hearings are actually broadcast live, either video or, or audio, over the Internet. Oh, you okay. can listen to the hearing itself. There you go. You can see the people and actually hear what is being discussed. Right. right. You know, when they talk about putting, you know, pythons on the Lacey Act, and a member of the panel asks Fish and Wildlife how many, you know, different species have been eradicated because of the Lacey Act, and they look at them and say, none. None. And then they ask them, then why are we doing this? Right. I mean, you, you see what really goes on, and there are some people that do ask some really, really great questions. There are some people who are very, very uninformed. Right. You know, they don't know what's going on. They know what they're told, and they kind of know what the bill is for. Mm-hmm. But will the bill solve the problem? And if the answer is no, I don't see a point in going forward with the bill. Right, right. This this amphibian ban will not solve the problem. Yeah, it's daily and dollar short, you know? I mean, Correct. It's, 
It will affect business. It will affect pet ownership. It will affect your rights. It will make you a criminal to possess and transport. And all the different things that I read in that little blurb. Right. It will make you a criminal, but it will not change the fact that the Kitchard fungus is here. It is here. It is pretty much, I think, nationwide at this point. Yeah. The animals are also here. Right. So it's not going to solve the problem. Why are we doing it? Yeah, it's not going to go away. I mean, you know, there's no piece of paper is going to make this fungus go away. I mean, Correct. that's the bottom line, folks. So, once again, Mark, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us about, you know, the Lacey Act and how all this crap is going on. Anytime. And, uh, really encourage, once again, our listeners, please, for the love of God, or any other deity that you choose to worship, get the hell out there, do something. Quit talking about it on Facebook about, wow, we should really do something. Go to U.S. Art. Go to PJAC. Tell your representatives how you feel about this. Do it for the sake of your pet. Exactly. Your right to own a pet in this country is in jeopardy. Is under fire. I mean, that's, it is. that's all there is to it. All right, Mark. Uh, keep, pretty, uh, keep producing the awesome bearded dragons uh, at moonstonedragons.com. You guys should definitely check them out. Uh, Trans Hypo is what he's working with. Got some awesome stuff on there as well. Uh, USARC.org, PJAC.org, and you said Pet Pack. Petpack.net. .net. Okay, that's what it was. They're all watchdog groups. Awesome. I appreciate your time, Mark. Uh, look forward to speaking with you in the future. And Thanks. now I'm going to... All right, so there you have it, folks. That's two more experts weighing in on the topic at hand of the amphibian ban. Once again, we have until December 16th, 2010, which is a Thursday, to act on this. Get over to usarc.org. Make a a change. Do something. Get on the petitions. Send out letters. Do something before we lose all our rights as pet owners, not even just reptile and amphibian owners. Pets altogether are going to be affected by this, folks. Once again, I'm your host, John F. Taylor from the Reptile Living Room. Thank you. Have a good night.